Hello, and welcome to the Partner Strategy Network podcast. I'm Wesley Coelho, and I'm here with Mark Sochin, who is the author of this book, The Art of Strategic Partnering. And we're here with our guest, Gaurav Sharma, who is the head of strategic partnerships at HubSpot. And I'm Mark Sochin. Wesley, thanks for the introductions. Uh, it's really exciting to do this podcast. Gorv, it's a pleasure and honor to have you here speaking with us. You have a stellar background in credentials and partnering. And one of the things I noticed in looking at your bio is that both of us are engineers. I'm a computer and electrical engineer, and you're a mechanical engineer. So how is it that engineers end up in the world of partnering? Thanks a lot, Mark and Wesley. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really, really excited to share my learnings and experiences. I think, Mark, like mechanical engineering and partnership is like a coincidence. I never thought of partnerships as a career path uh, until a few years ago. I didn't even know such roles existed, actually. But with the emergence of SaaS products and platforms, partnerships is becoming key, and it has gained a lot of traction over the last few years. And more and more companies are investing in the value of building this function. But to answer your question, looking back now, you know, I think there are some aspects of engineering, especially mechanical engineering, that comes handy. Engineering is all about a strong foundation of analytical and problem-solving skills. And partnership is about solving customer problems by leveraging your assets and partner assets and bringing, you know, different pieces together to solve a puzzle. So in retrospect, I do see some correlation, but in my case, I would call it a coincidence. Right. So it's all about problem solving at the end of the day. One of the things that's really interesting about your role at HubSpot and is kind of different from the situation that other partner leaders are in is that you're part of such a big brand, right? And they would just love to hear more about how is it different partnering when you're the big brand versus when you're one of the smaller players? Actually, there's always a bigger fish. You know, in business, yeah, big is very relative. HubSpot is a big company and a big brand relative to many other companies, but there are bigger companies out there, bigger brands than HubSpot that we work with. So we work closely with smaller companies, bigger companies, irrespective of the size, because for us at HubSpot, strategic partnership is not about the size or the scale. It is about creating that deeper customer impact by bringing two companies together. But there are challenges, you know, working with both with bigger brands and smaller companies. While working with a bigger brand, it's hard to work across different business units or different product lines because they operate in a very siloed fashion. So you can work with one business unit who is very willing to work with you, motivated to work with you, but to get traction you know, across the business units can be challenging sometimes. Bigger companies also have more mature systems and processes, so they are less flexible to work with you. So their approach is not that flexible. Another challenge could be finding equally motivated partner in these big brands and big companies can be challenging. While a smaller company can be more motivated to work with you, it's hard to find equally motivating partner with big companies. But working with smaller companies has its own challenges as well. You know, smaller companies come with smaller customer base, smaller scale size, so the impact can be smaller. But at the same time, you know, they may have less experience of working with partnerships because partnership is not a mature function in many smaller companies. But at the same time, they're more flexible. So there are pros and cons of working with both big brands and smaller companies. Got it. From your experience to the listeners of this podcast, you know, what are some of the suggestions that you'd lay out for them in order to set up a successful partner program, both in terms of 
how they select and pick what kind of partners to go after and how they should go and approach those kind of partners and what kind of deals to structure? I think the first and the foremost is finding the right partner. More and more, we see that we are working in this cooperation kind of space where a lot of companies are offering solutions beyond their core products, beyond their core offerings. So there's a verticalization. They want to increase their TAM. They want to address a bigger market share. So there is an overlap between different companies, which earlier were kind of complemented to each other, but now they operate in the same space and there is a competition there. But at the same time, to solve a customer problem, like you need to come together with these companies, which may be your competitors as well, and offer integrations between your products and so on. So finding the right partner in this cooperation kind of a space, a partner who is equally willing to work with you and a partner who is motivated and a partnership that drives value to the partner, to your company, as well as the customer, I think that is really important. Now, once you have the right partner, keeping the partner engaged and avoiding conflicts because you'll be working with multiple partners, sometimes in the same area as well. So keeping the partner engaged and avoiding those conflicts or managing those conflicts, I think is another key step. And then the third one I would say is evaluating success. Strategic partnership is one area where there's a lot of value that gets created, which is hard to quantify sometimes. So looking at success metrics from both quantitative as well as qualitative aspect, I think, of the KPIs, I think is important. So finding the right partner, keeping those engaged and defining the right success criteria are like the right components of developing a successful partner program. Gaurav, is there any big mistakes that you've made and willing to share here in the podcast that some other entrepreneurs might be able to avoid? Yeah, there are many (laughs) and a lot of lessons learned as well along the way with those mistakes. One thing that I would like to call out is when you're working on a partnership opportunity, there are three key stakeholders in a partnership. There is the customer, there is a partner, and then there is your company. And we need to solve for all three in that order, customer, partner, and then your company. But what happens is the mistake that we do is we solve for three stakeholders, but in the reverse order. We first solve for what is in it for my company, what's in it for the partner, and then customer comes last. So (laughs) this is a big mistake that we do. And something that I have learned that solving for the customer, I think, and then keeping that as your primary goal while you solve for partner and your company, I think is a big lesson learned. Also, when we are in partnerships, you know, there is a tendency to drive quick results. And that's great. And we need to be result-oriented and focused on those results. But strategic partnerships, especially, it's a long-term game. When you work with a partner in a strategic way, you're building a multi-year, holistic, longer-term strategy or partnership with that company. So solving for every month, every quarter kind of metrics in strategic partnership doesn't work. So you should invest in the partnership, keeping you know the long-term goal in mind, not solving for a short-term success, keeping the relationships above the business outcomes. Because a partnership can only be formed if there's trust between the two companies and you can only build trust if you give more importance to the relationships than the business outcomes. If I could just press you a little bit on that. So what, what is the time frame expectation? Because I do see this as a problem of misalignment between the CEO and the VP of alliances. 
there's an expectation of, okay, we want to get the revenue within one or two quarters. Realistically, what should be the expectations of the CEO and the management team of results? Yeah, it varies case by case. And in some cases, if it is a channel sales team, if it is a partner marketing team, which is just focused on distribution and just focused on partner-led sales, I think it is okay to have those expectations. But if you're working in a strategic partnership fashion where you're thinking about how you can bring the assets of two companies together by developing product integrations to solve a customer pain point and then use that to drive stickiness between your products and drive customer acquisition and revenue, then it is like a more of a longer term game. And what I have seen successful strategic partnerships can take anywhere from one to two years to actually start yielding meaningful results. So that's what I would say, you know, give it at least a year or two years for it to see the meaningful results. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that like there's no expectation for the first year or first two years. You should have milestones. You should have key milestones, you know, every quarter, every six months that you are driving for. But, you know, expecting the business outcomes in terms of revenue, sales, in that short horizon, I think that's what I'm saying we should be careful about. That is incredibly helpful insight, Gaurav, and I think certainly sets a much more realistic time frame. As you look at smaller partners, many partners want to partner with big companies like HubSpot. What makes a smaller company stand out and look more interesting and more valuable and more enticing to the bigger player? I think there are a few parameters that I personally look at. One is, as I mentioned earlier as well, you know, we always start with the customer problem. What can we solve for the customer by collaborating with this partner? There can be like a product feature, which we may not have, and it will take us years to build. So can we partner with a smaller player to offer that feature to our customer because they're asking for it? Can it be solving adjacent uh, customer problems that our core products are not able to solve? So it all starts with like the customer problem like what value we can provide to the customer or solve a problem that we are not able to solve right now without this partner. Now, once you solve that, once you address that customer problem and you identify that, I think then what makes a partner attractive is what, the most important thing is the willingness of a partner to work with you. Because most of the partnership fail if there is not equal or equally motivated or equally willing partner to work with each other. Now, if HubSpot or like the company I'm representing, like they want to work for the company, but if the company is not willing, then that partnership, it's hard to make it successful. So willingness of partner to work with you, flexibility of a partner to work with you is the most important factor. And then after that, there comes other factors like, is it a good fit for our companies? Like, is it a good fit in terms of brand, in terms of culture, in terms of the customer segments? Is it the right company? Are we focusing on the right segments? So then there come all these business factors. But the two most important factors are like identifying the customer problem that we solve with a partner. And second, you know, gauging the willingness or the motivation of the partner to work with you. Just a compelling value proposition is the key thing that you're looking for is kind of what that sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's from our first mentality. I like that. Gaurav, I know you focused on strategic partnerships, but also wanted to kind of turn to more of a tactical question for you. And uh-huh. there's a lot of way to go about partnering. And I see that HubSpot 
emphasizes referral partnerships more so than reseller partnerships, which is a little different than what you would typically expect. And just wanted to get your comments on why the preference on referral and whether that's what you would recommend. I think both referral as well as reseller programs are part of the broader affiliate program. While both encourage partners to market and sell your products, the engagement model can be slightly different. And just like for everybody to be on the same page, I just want to define, you know, the reseller versus referral program. So a reseller is your partner who directly sells your product to a customer. So they engage with the potential customer and sell your products and complete the sale on your behalf. While a referral partner passes on a potential lead or potential customer to you and you complete the sale. Now, there are pros and cons of both. Referral programs are quick to execute with less training and onboarding because they have to just pass on the leads or the potential customer to you. So there is less investment in training and onboarding of those partners. Now, in referral programs, you also have more control because you are completing the sale. You are working closely with the customer. You are interacting directly with the customer and you build relationship with your customers directly. So that's why, you know, in some cases, referral program work because of the better control and also because of direct customer interaction and you build those relationships. Now, on the flip side, referral programs can also be less effective because referral partners, they promote hundreds of other partners as well. The effectiveness can get diluted when they have so many partners. Referral partners, what we have seen is the close rate or the win rate can be lower when as compared to the reseller partners. And then that can also be a factor in in assessing referral versus reseller programs. But all in all, you know, I would say both programs are effective depending on your goals, your investment appetite and timelines, and also the partner network that you have. So evaluate yourself, what is the most effective program for you? And a lot of companies have actually both the programs. So they run both the programs simultaneously as well to take advantage of both. Yeah, it sounds like sort of just choosing between scale and control as a couple of the key factors as to which of those two things you're emphasizing there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, great insights. Uh, anything else, Gaurav, you'd like to share in conclusion or summarize for folks? Thank you again, you know, for having me on this podcast. I think it is important that we're talking about strategic partnership because among all the type of partnerships, I think strategic partnership is the least understood And I say, you know, strategic partnership is more of an art than science because, you know, to create a real strategic partnership, you need to bring many different pieces together in a very creative and seamless way. So it requires a lot of patience, perseverance, and a lot of education at leadership level to build a strategic partnership. Very well summarized. Thank you so much, Gaurav, for your time and sharing your insights and wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, thanks for being on the program. And for links to previous podcasts and additional resources, please go to partnerstrategynetwork.com. Thanks, everyone.